0: I'm Dr. Gina, and welcome to Primetime. One of the rising stars of the Democrat Party is going down. And New York Governor Andrew Cuomo spent the past year being praised as the grand leader in the nation. Even though the New York State COVID infection rate and death rate were always in the top two. Top two worst in the nation. He was celebrated as a leader among leaders. Cuomo was on the fast track to the White House. He was being groomed. He was being promoted. They were making him into a celebrity. And he was even given an Emmy Award for his condescending briefings where he talked to New Yorkers like they were children. Except he couldn't hide his corruption. I hear some people on both sides of the political aisle asking Governor Cuomo to come clean and just apologize. And they say that if he would just admit that he messed up, he could probably move on politically and so could everybody else. But does anyone believe that's true? Well, the cancel culture doesn't allow a lot for forgiveness sometimes. We saw this week that even talking about the concept of grace and forgiveness for someone accused of misdeeds means that you are an accomplice in their transgression. Remember, we discussed last night on this show, Bachelor host Chris Harrison said that Bachelor contestant Rachel Kirkconnell said that she should be given grace for attending an antebellum themed college party and for dressing up as a Southern Belle and also for dressing as a Native American at another party. Now, these pictures were dug up by people who have nothing better to do but to play around on social media as the proprietors of all things virtuous, looking for ways to ruin the lives of others so that they can feel better about themselves. And possibly the most ironic part of this controversy is that this young woman, Rachel Kirk, Rachel Connell, I'll get it, uh, who is accused of racism, is dating the first black bachelor. Can't make this stuff up. Wrap your head around it. She's on tele- television in an interracial relationship, and she's being accused of being a racist. I don't know. Sometimes I just think they don't do math on the left at all. And maybe anyway, that's the reason why Chris Harrison almost laughed at the accusation of racism. Harrison didn't really even defend the young woman. All he did was toss out an old-fashioned idea that some people should be given grace and the opportunity for forgiveness when they mess up. But Chris Harrison hasn't been paying attention, apparently. I guess he doesn't understand the cancel culture rules in 2021 America. When the cancel culture mob chooses you as a target, you must be isolated. Your livelihood must be taken away. You must be embarrassed and destroyed for life with no option whatsoever of redemption ever. Giving an apology, begging for forgiveness is futile. Once an apology is given, guilt is admitted and cancellation is imminent. Chris Harrison screwed up twice. He extended grace and then he apologized for doing that. Harrison's only way to save his own skin was to immediately denounce and distance from the young woman who was unfairly painted as a racist. Now he knows the cancellation rules in 2021, but it's too late for you, Chris. Governor Cuomo does know the rules. He may not survive his own rules, but he knows that the biggest mistake he could make now is to apologize, to admit you've done something wrong, and to ask for forgiveness doesn't work in cancel culture America. Cuomo's presidential aspirations are finished, but he knows that to get through this and to keep his seat as governor, he must continue to place the blame on others and never to admit that he did anything wrong. And that is the sad state of affairs where we find ourselves these days. Coming up later in the show, we have two people who have been targeted, but they are fighting the cancel culture and they aren't going to give in and you'll hear their stories. But first... Let's head around America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. We start out in Washington, D.C. with the host of Just the News AM, Carrie Sheffield. Carrie, go ahead
1: hey there dr gina here is the latest on former president trump and what we know we do know john solomon our founder came out with a new article talking about the options for trump after he leaves the white house Uh, trump said our historic patriotic and beautiful movement to make america great again has only just begun in the months ahead i have much to share with you Well, we know within the republican party there is infighting and in fact adam kinzinger who is a republican congressman from illinois sixth term he is pressing republicans to leave donald trump behind but he's risking his career doing so and in fact 11 members of kinzinger's own family issued a public letter condemning him and saying you're bringing shame on the kinzinger family name by what you are doing in voting for impeachment and now trying to build a pack a pact to raise money to primary fellow Republicans as a way to try to push out MAGA. We know also Mitch McConnell is trying to possibly do the same thing. He has not ruled out getting involved in Republican primaries. He says he wants to get involved with candidates who can actually win in November adding that he may or may not involve that may or may not involve trying to affect the outcome of the primaries well i spoke to bruce Lavelle, who's a trump surrogate he said this morning he actually doesn't think the mcconnell name and the mcconnell endorsement would have much weight in the primaries. so he says good luck with that Uh, of course we'll keep you posted on this now back to you dr gina
0: Mm These primaries are going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, I've been looking into them and hearing quite a lot about them also. So stay tuned on that note because, Carrie, I think we're going to be hearing a lot about primaries coming up because a lot of people aren't happy with the way things went down in this last election. Let's head out to Denver, Colorado, to our sister network, Weather Nation. There there is just crazy wild weather happening out there across the country. And meteorologist Patrick Crawford has the latest. Go ahead, Patrick.
2: Weather Nation meteorologist Patrick Crawford here with an update on the next southern snow system that's going to bring those wintry weather chances down across the deep south. We've already got winter weather advisories, winter storm warnings, winter storm watches. Across Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, even over into the Mississippi River Valley for what is on the way. More snow, more ice. So let's take a look at that forecast and time things out, especially as we get into this evening into Oklahoma and along the Red River Valley. We're going to see that snow really building in. Could get some heavy snowfall rates, two to three inch per hour snowfall rates in some areas in northern Texas and through southern Oklahoma. Then we see some of that snow spreading more south into Dallas, down towards Waco, Texas, where we might even get some Sleet and freezing rain building in, and then a lot of that wintry precipitation in the form of sleet and freezing rain starts to build into northern Louisiana through East Texas as we move through the morning hours of Wednesday. And then we keep tracking this system as it moves into the Mid South by Wednesday afternoon. We'll have snow in Nashville, snow in Memphis, snow pushing through Tupelo, Mississippi. Then we see that snow pushing more toward the north towards the Ohio Valley region, and then we get this low coming out of the Gulf of Mexico that's going to bring intense rainfall and the risk of severe thunderstorms into areas of the southeast. So the latest accumulation forecast, heaviest snow going to be into Arkansas over into the Mississippi River Valley with some heavy ice and sleet down into Louisiana and East Texas. That's the latest here. Have a great day. All
0: right, thanks, Patrick. Wow. That weather is sure affecting people in ways that I just don't think we were really prepared for, but so much for global warming. We're going to get back to that topic as well. Now we stay in Denver and head down the hallway and around the corner to where Jessica Rivera is standing by. Jessica, what do you have for us today?
3: Well, Dr. Gina, Organ's education department is pushing for teachers to train on how to, quote, develop an anti-racist math practice. The department claims it is racist for teachers to expect correct answers from students or for students to have to show their work. According to Oregon, asking a kid to show his or her math work on paper is white supremacy. And Dr. Gina, as a minority, I would like to say I find this very demeaning and not necessarily to me because I was raised and never to buy into the thought that I was not capable or didn't have my own strengths, But this is demeaning to many minorities who actually believe these lies. I recently reported a story on equality versus equity and how they sound very much the same, but they're not for a quick reminder. Equality is when everyone is treated the same regardless of their need and equity is when everyone is treated differently depending on their need. And the one that the Biden administration seems to be hyper focused on. But this is just another way to brainwash minorities into believing they're not good enough. The world is out to get them and they must live with a chip on their shoulder because humanity doesn't exist. And yes, as humans, we all have our own individual strengths and weaknesses. So my thought is why not push people to work on their strengths and don't necessarily ignore your weaknesses, but know them and focus on your strengths. It's because government needs citizens who are trained robots, who are told what to think, and who are too scared to grow in any of their personal lives. Government feeds on people being stuck and dependent, uh, whereas free thinkers, free thinkers can't be lied to and they can't be controlled so easily. And Dr. Gina, Organ's latest move shouldn't be too much of a surprise considering this is the same American public school system that has given us many young Americans who really don't know definitive rights or wrongs. Rather, they're taught about how they feel at any given time when we know emotions change all the time. So they don't know how to commit or to take any sort of responsibility. And this is just another way that we are failing our school children.
0: Yes. You know, the last time you brought this to my attention, Jessica, and I looked up some of this curriculum being put out by BLM and it was brought to my attention, that one quote that is just seared in my brain, that equality, uh, that treating people equally can be racist. And I, I just, that, that's, quote alone, honestly, I just have never heard, and and, and you and I talked about this before, but it reminded me of Animal Farm, where the pigs tried to convince the rest of the animals on the farm in Orwell um, that some animals were more equal than others. And this is the basis of convincing people um, that, that Marxism works. I mean, that's really what this is, and this is where we are in our system, and it's using people by convincing them that they are somehow lesser and they should be hostile about it, exactly as you so eloquently said. So thank you again for keeping us updated on this sort of rhetoric being pushed with a certain agenda behind it that is very, very Marxist. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's head back out to Washington, D.C., to the news editor at Just The News, Joseph Weber. Joseph, so good to see you. I saw a story, Joseph, over at justthenews.com that Nancy Pelosi's idea of a 9-11 style commission could backfire if we figure out what she knew and when she knew it regarding the events on January 6th. Go ahead, Joseph.
4: I think that she should be careful what she asked for. If you think of it in terms of one of the big questions here is, what was the security protocol when the uh, riot happened on January um, 6th? Did she authorize the National Guard? Did she not authorize the National Guard? We've been asking these questions since January 6th, which that's you know, two weeks now. We still don't know. So her intention for this 9-11 commission is to find out who was behind it in terms of, you know, uh, people who started it. Was it the Promise Keepers, the Proud Boys, was it Trump sympathizers, was it Antifa? But these questions are going to be raised that have not been asked yet or have been asked of her, and she has not answered yet, as with Ms. McConnell. Um, what was the security protocol here? Um, and one other thing that I think it's kind of interesting about this is would we'll you take a look uh she has been for the longest time the de facto leader of the democratic party in washington uh, when republicans control the house even when they control the senate and the white house Um, the idea of the Mueller investigation the first impeachment the second impeachment uh, at least for the first two issues that hurt the democratic party particularly in the house races in 2020 and you got to wonder um now that joe biden is president is a democrat I feel that there could possibly be an undercurrent here of a power struggle. You could see just make one final point on Saturday uh, when Trump's lawyer, uh, Mr. Vanderveer, uh, said, well, okay, if you want to call witnesses, so will we, and we'll have Nancy Pelosi come to um, Philadelphia and we'll depose her there. You had to wonder whether whether Biden's uh, legislative officials came down there and said, no, we don't want this. So he wants to move ahead with his agenda uh, you know, to try to get the economy going again and cure, help this pandemic, uh, and but yet Nancy Pelosi still continues continues to seem to fire off uh, ideas about holding these long scale investigations that would arguably most likely slow the Democratic legislative agenda here in Washington.
0: It's really interesting to me to try to determine: Do the Democrats make these missteps so short sightedly, Joseph? Or do they just not care about public perception?
4: I think Nancy Pelosi, to some extent, has been around so long in Washington, and she's so supremely confident of her leadership that she just doesn't second guess it. Um, but I mean, they took a beating in the polls. They they were very surprised in the House uh, Democrats losing so many seats. They have a very narrow majority. Uh, everybody knows that there was, you know, they had a really whatever come to Jesus uh, phone call after that talking about this idea that you know defunding police and the investigations into the uh, Ukraine with Trump and the first impeachment and the Mueller investigation. This hurt people. Voters said, you know, we want some we want economic stimulus. We want better jobs. We want a better economy. We want you to help this the pandemic end. Uh but yet she's just turned right around again to do that. And um I again, you know, I have to wonder what the Biden administration thinks about that because uh, President Biden, I'm sure, is very eager to get on with his agenda.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Joseph. Always informative to hear from you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Coming up, there were huge celebrations yesterday on President's Day, but uh, they were for President Trump, not Biden. Will Joe Biden ever draw a crowd? We'll talk about that next. Stick around. VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
5: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now over at Just the News, our news partners have posted a news analysis from our founder there at Just the News, John Solomon, that is titled, Twice acquitted, Trump possesses many options to reinvigorate MAGA after White House. Now, the column mentions the huge roadside President's Day rally in Palm Beach. We were there yesterday. You saw us there. Um, there were thousands lined up yesterday hoping to get a glimpse, just a glimpse, of their favorite president. And they did. Of course, he doesn't often disappoint. President Trump caught wind with the rally and drove to wave at his supporters I'm still waiting for the videos to emerge of all the spontaneous Biden rallies that took place on President's Day or even the well-planned but poorly attended Biden rallies. I'd like to meet anyone who went to a Biden rally, even if you were the only person at the Biden rally, because who says you can't have a Biden rally all by yourself? Anyway, anyone excited about Biden, you can let me know because uh, we'd like to know. But anyway, here with me now to discuss former White House Strategic Communications Director Mercedes Schlapp. Mercedes, I looked all over social media for some President's Day celebrations for Joe Biden, but I have not seen one. Mercedes, have you done your detective work on this? Absolutely, I have. But what I have (laughs) learned
6: is the fact that Joe Biden goes to bed early. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is newsworthy according to CNN that he has an early bedtime. So of course there couldn't be a Biden rally because the president is asleep, Dr. Gina. So there you go. While you still have the enthusiasm of President Trump and so many of his supporters who really appreciate what the president did for this country for four years, we're obviously not seeing the same love uh, for Joe Biden. And that's very appropriate a couple days following
0: Valentine's Day. But the part that doesn't make sense to me, Mercedes, is that supposedly more people voted for Joe Biden than voted for Barack Obama. Now Barack Obama didn't have rallies the size of Donald Trump rallies, but Barack Obama could draw a crowd. So why can't Joe Biden on on his first ever President's Day that happens to fall the day after Valentine's Day? Mercedes, where's the love? Yeah. You know,
6: I think that you've got this dynamic situation happening where what we learned, especially on the campaign trail, is there were so many of these events, whether it would be a boat parade, whether it would be, uh, you know, a caravan, uh, which people just organically coming together and they'd come up to me and be like, is this a campaign organized event? And we'd be like, absolutely not. And what I also found about the Trump phenomenon is that there were so many people who weren't engaged in politics Never in their lives, but yet uh, with President Trump, they really wanted to learn more. They wanted to learn more about his policies. They were impacted in a, many in a positive way from his policies. And so, I don't think for Joe Biden. I mean, that's obviously not what you're seeing on the other side. Look, at the end of the day, uh, you know, those who voted for Joe Biden, whether it be because they didn't like President Trump or they wanted to take the country in a different direction. I think it was more of, you know, when you look at the coalition of those college-educated women, many of those college-educated men um, as well, that, that swung a lot of these suburban areas towards Joe Biden. I mean, part of it, I think, is because they didn't quite like the president's personality. They didn't like his tone. But what's so unfortunate about that is that what we're missing now is the fact that we had policies that were working in growing our economy, in ensuring that we were able to get this vaccine up and running because of President Trump's leadership with Operation Warp Speed, and uh, the fact that we've been able to stabilize as an economy because of the president's policies. And then when you have Kamala Harris coming out, repeatedly lying, saying that there was no plan for a vaccine distribution, she kept saying this to reporters, I mean, it just makes you so upset because I I gotta tell you, I I spent a lot of time talking with Secretary Alex Azar, the former Health and Human Service Secretary uh, for President Trump. They were working day and night to ensure that there would be a vaccine distribution plan and day and night to ensure that those vaccines, those COVID vaccines would be approved by the FDA in record time. So President Biden should give thanks to former President Trump for his leadership in ensuring that we have the vaccines available and now moving uh, towards distributing that these vaccines to the vulnerable populations.
0: I wanna ask you about Nancy Pelosi's new grand idea, a 9-11 style truth commission to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. But over at Just the News, the story there lays out How that could backfire, Mercedes, and how we could learn a lot about Pelosi's mishandling of the situation surrounding the Capitol breach. I'd like to know what she knew and when she knew it. And a lot of America would like to know that. And I'd also like to know when she found out that Officer Brian Sicknick was actually not killed. By Trump supporters at the Capitol, and how you know there are so many other questions. I think that we'd all like to know the answers. Answers to do you think the truth commission will find those answers for us? Well, you know it's tricky because normally when it comes to commissions, you're supposed to
6: have uh, both Republicans and Democrats uh, in these commissions, and so and and they're usually appointed by. Uh, the the president. So it, it gets tricky even to put the commission members in place. With that being said, I do think it would be interesting to figure out what did Nancy Pelosi know? Why wasn't she prepared uh, in ensuring that the Capitol Police had the necessary reinforcements uh, on January 6th, knowing uh, that there were these reports out there by the FBI saying, look, this could, you know, that we could see problems happening uh, with these protesters at the Capitol building. So I really think that it could backfire on Nancy Pelosi to develop this commission because I think she is part of, she's a guilty party. I think she, at the end of the day, she uh, did not provide the necessary, uh, the necessary reinforcements to ensure uh, that we would be able to stop Uh, This sort of protest activity, the chaos that happened on the Hill. And, uh, you know, I think that, again, I think it would be be really uh, telling of what Nancy Pelosi knew on the days before the Capitol riots.
0: All right, I also want to ask you about some shady fundraising that's been going on. Imagine that. Anthony Fauci is a member of the administration, but the DNC is asking for donations as they ask people to sign a thank you card. To dr fauci and to send along a donation with that thank you mercedes you were in the white house um would something like that have flown when you were there oh absolutely
6: not i think that this is where you need to have the separation on the political fundraising side and then those who are scientists right dr fauci is a proclaimed bureaucrat in the government Uh, And really, I think it's very troubling that they're using Dr. Fauci as the Democrats are using Dr. Fauci as their political weapon, as their ability to say, Dr. Fauci belongs to the Democrat Party. Uh, And it's interesting because Fauci always played this interest, this role of trying to uh, not overly criticize the president. And then when the president was out of office, then he started to criticize the president a little bit. And so, you know, I think he's a bit of a loose cannon uh, when it comes to these politicians because he's just going to speak his mind. I mean, if he doesn't like something that President Biden and the administration is doing, he's going to tell the media because obviously he gets a lot of press and he's been getting a lot of press uh, in in the
0: last several months when it came to COVID. All right, Mercedes Schlapp, thanks for being here. We'll see you soon. Thank you. See both you and Matt at CPAC this year in Orlando, Florida. Excited to see you there. Going to be great. Thank you so much. All right. Coming up, the Biden White House press team falling apart. We're going to give you the details. You won't believe this. Stay with us because this gets interesting. Back in a moment with more Dr. Gina Prime Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. The Biden White House press office falling apart. Press Secretary circle back. Jen Psaki has to circle back yet again. And the White House Deputy Press Secretary had resigned after threatening reporters. Here with me now to discuss the Trump White House Deputy Press Secretary, Hogan Gidley. Hogan, good to see you. Uh, Glad to have you with us tonight, Hogan. Hogan, you know, is threatening reporters a normal thing that you did regularly as Deputy Press Secretary? Uh,
7: No, uh, absolutely not, nor would I. Now, did we get into heated conversations? You better believe it. Did we not agree on things ever? Of course not. We're Republicans and all of the reporting corps are Democrats. Um, I would imagine there's a lot more agreement going on right now with Jen Psaki and those who cover her than there were under under Sarah Sanders and the Trump administration, and myself when I was working there as well. What's interesting about this story to me, um, the misogyny I think is just unacceptable. The threats unacceptable. But what's worse is this actually occurred, according to reporting, on January 20th. It's almost a month later before we even found out about this, even though they knew about it internally in the White House. And remember, it was Joe Biden who pointed out that anybody who disrespects another person is going to be fired, no questions asked. Not only was T.J. Ducklow not fired when this came out, they gave him leave for a week, obviously not you know, living up to the standard that Joe Biden set for anyone who disrespects a fellow human being, much less colleague or, or someone they have to work with on a daily basis. And um, you know, I, I think that's very telling in the sense that once this administration got caught, they figured the media wouldn't press them at all to fire the person, but instead go right along with the Joe Biden administration like they have since they were sworn in uh, just, just uh, not too long ago. But the backlash was great, and finally they had to make the call. And if you'll notice, they still didn't fire him. He resigned from the post. That's very telling about how the Biden administration truly feels uh, about their relationships with the reporters and how they're gonna brush uh, misogyny and threats underneath the rug, uh, and no one's gonna call them out for it.
0: And, you know, Hogan, I was with you so many times where you were in very heated moments. I had the real honor of being, you know, up close and getting to see you in action many, many times. And there were a lot of times where you were dealing with hostile Press, there's just no doubt about it. And I never saw you lose your temper. I never saw you speak unkindly or disrespectfully, not one time ever to anyone. In fact, a lot of times I saw you um, just really deflect (laughs) the situation and and, and de escalate again and again um, what could have turned, situations that could have turned a different direction. Um, What would have happened had you behaved in the way that he behaved? Uh, in a Trump administration?
7: Well, there's no question I'd be a household name. Everyone would know who I was. Everyone would, would have seen every single comment I'd ever made in the past, every video I'd ever cut, shows like yours, interviews I'd done. I guarantee you that would have been an issue because the press would have made it an issue because under the Trump administration, every single thing we did was scrutinized. You had pictures across... Tabloids of people that worked in the administration all types of conversations that we had with reporters uh, Were leaked on a regular basis. That's the type of thing that the media did to us um, So some, yeah. some journalists out there did work with us and keep things confidential, of course But so many did not because they were looking for clickbait and they knew that they could use Donald Trump as a foil to make it happen But as far as our actions to the media, there's a reason Sarah Sanders treated everyone in that, in that briefing room with respect and called them out when they were lying or, or when they were being hostile. Of course she fought back. This president taught Republicans it's okay to fight back. You don't have to be there, um, you know, you know the, 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 I, I guess the, the center of, of, of their anger every single time. You can fight back against what they are saying. But you notice someone like Jen Psaki, she only smirks and only treat someone with disrespect when it's Peter Ducey at Fox. Everyone else gives her such a loving reception and great easy softball questions. When Peter Ducey presses her, she gets really upset about that. She smirks at the questions. She mocks things like a branch of the military uh, in, in the Space Force. She mocks those who lost their jobs because of Joe Biden's policy on on energy with why don't you uh, peter ducey why don't you tell me where those jobs are that
0: type of attitude
7: yeah. we could have never taken with the press and we would have been skewered for it and rightly so
0: yeah i can't even picture the words of this deputy press secretary he said i will destroy you to this political yeah. reporter just to remind everybody um uh, on pursuing a story on his relationship i can't even imagine those words coming out of your mouth uh, ever. I just can't picture anyone because I wouldn't I want to de- because I
7: wouldn't want to destroy anybody for bad. Look, a bad story is a bad story, and I understand that. And that's the game. And you go to figure out how to make it better the next time. And if they're going to you know, screw you over every time you stop dealing with them or you, or you deal with them sparingly, but you don't threaten them uh, w- with destroying their life. That didn't make any sense at all. Would never have done that. And I, it's a shame that that, that happened. And and I, I'm, I'm glad that, that the remedy. You know, of 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 him being being let go or him resigning, I should say, uh, occurred.
0: Even if it is so much later. All right, Hogan. Switching topics. The niece of Kamala Harris is in the news. She is selling merchandise with Kamala's name and image. But when you were in the White House, I invited you to my book launch party. I remember this very specifically. You couldn't Mm -hmm. even accept or d'oeuvres because it was unethical to accept anything of worth in any amount of money. Even though you and I were old friends going back right. years and years, back to our Alabama days together, we had a bona fide provable friendship going back years. You couldn't do that because you wanted to be so cognizant and so respectful of these sorts of things because you knew it would reflect badly, could possibly reflect reflect badly. The Biden administration doesn't seem aware of these things. And yet we have Hunter Biden's uh, memoir coming out um, and Joe Biden is out there talking about how proud he is of it and promoting his book already, along with uh, Kamala Harris's niece using her name and her image to make money. This this is this is a completely different sort of attitude out of this administration, is it not?
7: Again, it's a double standard. Um, you know, if, if the media didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all. We understand what's going on here. Um, but look, Kamala Harris and her niece have learned from the best. I mean, Joe Biden and his family have have gone around this country and this globe with their hands out to all types of entities, raking in untold numbers of cash with no discernible skill or knowledge of any particular uh, uh, you know, realm of, of, of working capacity in this, in this country or on the globe, but they continue to make money off of uh, Joe Biden's name. Uh, we see that Joe Biden's brother has been told, has been told to tone down his relationship with the president as well. We know Hunter Biden is going to use his dad's name and their relationship to promote his book. Joe Biden's doing it as well. Kamala Harris. Now uh, we know what's going on with, with her and, and her niece. They've been told to cut it out too. So this is something that has been go- going on a long time in the Biden circles, and now it just seems like someone else is caught up in trying to capitalize on, on, a, on a famous relative.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, I guess it's you, you. If nothing else, perhaps the American people can see once and for all that there is this totally different set of standards uh, between you know the, the Republicans and the Democrats, and it just it's just not even the same. And maybe the American people are catching on to. You know, the fact that they may not have liked President Trump's style, but uh, the way things worked under President Trump certainly seems to have worked better, more in line anyway, with the values of America.
7: Well, no question, because there were some people out there who didn't like every tweet, didn't like every word the president said, didn't like some of the things he did. But his policies improved the lives of all Americans, regardless of race, religion, color, or creed. And that's something I'm proud of. I know the president should be proud of it. Uh, and the American people are, are kind of getting a slap in the face here to, to realize and recognize just what's going on and all the gains and strides we made to, to prop up and, and give jobs to the forgotten men and women of this country who who were forgotten no more under Donald Trump. They're all being erased now with these radical leftist policies. We told people this was going to happen. No one believed us. Uh, but But now we see... Uh, just how uh, corrupted the old sleepy Uncle Joe has become because the radical left has taken him over and now he's doing their bidding. And and it's not just the executive order, it's now policies, going after guns, for example. Just mark my word, um, they're they're opening our borders, letting people come into this country illegally and unlawfully, and it's only a matter of time, for example, that they start getting the vaccine for coronavirus before the American people do. These are the types of, of radical ideals that Joe Biden is going to implement. And, and I think the American people um, after a few years are absolutely going to reject it. And, and I don't think his, his term in the White House is going to be a long one.
0: Hogan Gidley, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much. Coming up, cancel culture coming for business owners and for regular citizens. The next two stories I bring you are happening right here in Freedom, Florida, if you can believe it. Stick around. We're Dr. Kuna Prime Time after this. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Thanks for being with us. Hey, the cancel culture keeps rearing its ugly head in so many forms. Sometimes a mob comes to silence you, and sometimes the tech oligarchs ban you from social media. And sometimes our law enforcement agencies are used to intimidate people into silence. And that's what my next guest has encountered. Angelique Contreras joins us now. Angelique, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Thank you, Gina, for having me. All right, I want you to start by telling us why the Palm Beach Sheriff's Office came to visit you late on Friday night.
8: Well, those are answers that we're still looking for. But in a short story, I had made a post on my Facebook in regards to the current policy changes that were happening in the county for those that have medical exemptions and religious exemptions being moved to the basement of the garage to go and speak to the county commissioners. And the individual commented that he would like to go and put trash on their lawn. And I commented thousands of masks. And that's what warranted the police to come and intimidate and harass me at 1030 at night at my home.
0: I mean, it's, it's 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 a wonder to me. Um, you know, one of our reporters has. By the way, I want to say that I did invite the Palm Beach Sheriff's Department to comment on this, as of um, our doing this show this evening, they have not responded to our reporter, Heather Mullins, who is still willing to take any sort of statement, or we are willing, of course, to invite them on our show um, to tell their side of things. That's absolutely fine. But I'm curious, with sexual predators out there, um, with real crime happening, what the particulars are that, that cause Um, someone to go knock on someone's door late at night. I want to roll the video this is just a very small portion of this video, of exactly what went down when they showed up at your house.
7: Well, the reason why we're here is uh, bothering you on a Friday night is I guess you and some guy named Anthony were posting on social media that you were gonna go trespass on a county commissioner's property, dump garbage on her property.
8: I didn't say that I would dump garbage on our property. Well that
7: was the discussion that you guys were having.
8: This yeah. is just fear mongering, you know that, right?
7: Fear mongering of what?
8: Of a citizen. For nothing. For nothing.
3: Okay.
2: Sorry you feel that way. I
8: do. I'm putting my kids to bed and you're you're wasting tax dollar money to come out here and
2: tell you not to commit a crime? Yes. I'm not committing a crime and no, I I'm wasn't telling you not to commit a
8: crime. Right, and I'm not planning on committing a crime. <laughs> then that's
2: even better. Then
8: we're done. Okay, I appreciate okay. it, officer. Have a good night. Yeah, you too.
0: Angelique, does the fear of more police showing up at your home cause you to rethink your vocal stance on issues?
8: Well, it, it's interesting that you asked that question because I already suffer from PTSD and these officers coming to my house at 1030 at night, uh, obviously there's a part of that video that wasn't played, but that's okay. When I asked him for identification, he told me, what do you wanna see? My badge, my gun or my handcuffs? that will forever wow. be imprinted in my mind. And I'm a person that backs the blue. I'm a person that believes in law and order, and it's unfortunate that I was the target of somebody. We still don't know who requested for those officers to come to my home.
0: And I mean, it, it really, again, I, I keep wondering, do, do they not have crimes to investigate? Do they not have, what, are, what, what causes them to go to someone's house in the middle of the night, is there no sexual predator that needs to be investigated? Is there no uh, criminal drug you know, a cartel member that needs to be investigated? Is there no uh, fentanyl distributor that needs to be investigated? Do you think there's any chance that they think that you are a true potential threat to society or public safety?
8: I- You know, I am a political dissenter. I, for months, have been advocating for small businesses. For months, I have been advocating for our constitutional rights and our freedoms. And my family fled from Cuba to this great country because we know how wonderful it is here. But unfortunately, with the lockdowns and the things that we're going through, the political atmosphere in Palm Beach County has been pretty rampant. They're using their powers because of an executive order to boss around the public and small businesses. And I have been talking out against that. So I do believe that they look at me as a threat to them because I stand for everyday Americans that are just trying to survive and put food on the table.
0: But isn't there a statewide um, executive order from Governor DeSantis the governor of Florida that says that uh, citizens can't be fined or harassed for, you know, for not wearing masks because that's not the law in the state of Florida. And yet your comment was about masks, correct?
8: Correct. So Governor DeSantis actually, when he moved us to a phase three, actually pushed back on our local government here that wanted to do our phases in stages And he told them that they no longer can shut down businesses without credible evidence showing that this business is what is harming the population in Palm Beach County and all throughout the state. And fines are not allowed. And yet our local Palm Beach County commissioners continue to push back and continue want to hold power. And that's what my post was about. They want to now take those individuals that are medically and religiously exempt away from the building and segregate them into a basement because they are not able to wear a mask. It's just unfortunate that that's the day and age that we are in. Um, But obviously history repeats itself. And a lot of it is happening here in Palm Beach County.
0: I wonder what would happen if uh, there was some sort of class action suit, because it doesn't sound like that it gels very well with the laws in your state. Angelique, thank you so much for being here with us. We wish you all the best. Thank you, Gina. Once again, we do welcome the comments um, of this uh, Palm Beach Sheriff's Department, um, and, and certainly someone from the, representing them is welcome to come on the show with the other side of that. Uh, all right. The media came after my next guest as well in an effort to cancel him. You remember last week when we showed you the news story, and I say that in quotes using the term loosely, on CNBC from Shep Smith highlighting the lack of mask wearing in a grocery store in Naples, Florida, where masks, by the way, are not required by law and or by mandate, um, as I just, just described. And Shep Smith smeared the owner of Oaks Farms Seed to Table and Alfie Oaks joined us last week and Alfie is back with us again. Alfie, great to see you. I got to see your amazing store. And I I have to tell you, it was it was some things were surprising to me. One of the things that was surprising to me, first of all, is how comprehensive your store is. It's more than a store. It's it's really I called it Disneyland for free adults because it it really is. There's a bar, there's a restaurant, there's a wine bar, there's a sushi bar, there's a burger bar, there's a pizza bar, there's a whole wine store, there's a a library of sorts, there's this place called Food and Thought. I I just have never seen anything so amazing as an adult. It's like an adult Disneyland. And then there's this whole section for kids, which is like kid Disneyland too. Um, There were a lot of people in your store, by the way, chose to wear masks to protect themselves which i think is a great thing if you feel threatened wear a mask if you feel like that's going to protect you more power to you wear your mask that's absolutely fine um what i want to ask you and by the way every piece of food i just have to tell you that i got from your store is like the best food i've ever had in my life i don't know how you source this stuff i know you're a farmer you must just know this stuff best stuff I ever had and that is an endorsement by the way and I'm not paid to do it but um I just want to ask how is business since Shep Smith and others on NBC led the charge to force people to try to force people to believe that you were somehow putting lives in danger by not forcing masks on those who come in your store
5: yeah well um you know business is business is fantastic actually um uh Sam Brock was the reporter that came in and I I wanted to, I haven't sent him flowers or anything yet. I was going to, was going to wait until after Valentine's Day, <laughs> the wrong message, but um, we've probably taken in, a, you know, an extra million dollars in revenue since, uh, since, uh, you know, and, and that's, that just shows how out of touch these guys are. They really, they really don't understand it. And, and, you know, when, when um, one of my, one of my main guys called me and told me that, that they wanted to do this national, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, News story about our store. I knew it was going to be a hit piece. I, it was NBC. I mean, uh, you, you know, we knew exactly what time it was, but you know, I said, now is the time. Now is the time for us to to try to get this truth out. And he he, he did me some great favors beyond the financial gain that we've had. Uh, he, he gave us a national platform. I had had dinner with uh, with Tucker Carlson the other the night you were there and I had dinner with Roger Stone before that. And we're just really getting the message out. We got one of our videos of bold business owners, um, uh, you know, begging for, other businesses in the United States to open on um, on March 1st, and they actually that was actually sent directly to, to President Donald Trump. So um, we, it's put us at another level. We want to get the truth out. Um, you know, I, I like to say, I like to say that um, in the whole world, probably the best state to be in right now, the best country to be in is the United States. The best state to be is Florida, and I think the best place in Florida to be is is. Naples, Collier County. Here, it's a we've got really less restrictions than any anywhere. Uh, uh, well, Lee and Collier County, and and even inside of our county, this store is probably the best place in Collier County. So we're living in maybe the happiest place on in the universe right now, and uh, and 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 we love it. And you know what I want to say to Sam Brock is, people are 1,150 people are moving a day to Florida. They're not moving to yeah. Florida because because Florida's reckless and we're we're all dying. Um, you know, one of the things that really, really, I guess i, I got to watch the way I say Allie, it. I'm it really so sorry. I'm out of angry. time. I've
0: got to, I'm going to have to cut you off, but I hate to because I just want to let you go because you've got all the best stuff, but we're at the end of the show. Thanks for joining me, Allie. And thanks to you and everyone here at your new home for Real News, R-A-V-T-V. And don't forget to hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth. Good night.